0: Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Why We Were Working. This is episode number 107, and we are the show that helps you become a better people leader while talking about topics you may not have been thinking about because you were busy working. As always, I'm joined by my awesome co host, Summer Tetron, who's here in the studio for this recording. I'm so grateful that she's here, and we've got a great episode for you today. We are going to be talking about Forrester.com's predictions for 2024, since we're at that time of year. And if you want to check out our episode 106, we talked about predictions from a law firm. So this will be a different angle. Uh, And then our consultant's quarter question is about camera on, camera off. Is that a deal breaker for working in your business? Can it be, should it be, if it is what we do, if someone doesn't want their camera on, Uh, we've got a great show. So let's jump into it, uh, summer. Let's go ahead and get started with, uh, consultants, not consultants for with while we were working, let's start there. Let's not change the format we had for the past few years. Let's go ahead and do, uh, while we were working.
1: All right, let's do it, Joey. And thanks everybody for joining us today. The article we're going to talk about was from Forrester.com. And as Joey mentioned, it's predictions for 2024, an EX, which is employee experience, recession, and an AI revolution reshape the future of work. Now, If you've been following our pod or really anything happening in the HR people leadership space, there's been so much discussion over the past, gosh, two years or so about employee experience and artificial intelligence. So I thought there could not be a better topic to be wrapping up uh, this year's pods than, you know, to kind of reflect on what those challenges in prior years are. And how that's uh, leading us to the 2024 predictions.
0: Yeah, and there are no two bigger themes. Uh, I feel like this is like if if HR had like a Marvel cinematic universe, right? You'd have like Gen AI, which would be like Thanos, and then you have employee experience, which would be you know the Avengers, and uh, that's the extent of. of of where my analysis will go, but but these two competing things uh, in the workplace, which uh they can and should be complementary, mm-hmm. but but uh many organizations may uh decide to get one versus the other ramped up, and if that's gen AI, it can come to the detriment of our employee experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it should, and I know we'll we'll dive into this a little bit more, but uh, but yeah, I, unfortunately, I think that's that's where where we'll go. What do you what do you think, Summer?
1: Yes, I I think we we get right into it, and before we dive into predictions, I think it's important to reflect on the wild year we've had. I mean, there's been so many challenges in 2023. And a couple that are highlighted in this article, I think, are those that we have seen, heard, and felt the most. I mean, everybody's talking about inflation and how much it's eroded buying power. Yeah. And from an employer and employee standpoint, we've seen that translate to uh, compensation renegotiations. You know, we've seen hybrid work adjustments due to the return to office mandate. That's been a super hot topic. Yeah and we can't ignore external factors like uh, the climate impacts and the uh, multiple wars that have reshaped work conditions and you know if that wasn't enough already joey we had you know employee strikes walkouts and you know non-compliance with employer policies and you know what that's really kind of you know uh compounded by is that there's been this big question mark from employees around their employer's commitment to employee experience. I mean, you you think about backing, you know, back when we were in COVID, there was such a investment in time, money, and effort in employee experience. And I think employees are at a place now, Joey, where they're really, really questioning their employer's commitment to employee experience going on, uh, like going forward. So, you know, we're seeing that in those, you know, strikes, walkouts and uh, non-adherence to policies.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this, this uh, season that we're in uh, for the business climate, we really have to ask ourselves if humans are our most valuable asset, our most valuable resource as we've often seen uh, as a platitude. Because I would argue that uh, many employers don't find that humans are their most important resource uh, because there are so many things that employers are willing to, to compromise on um, that relate to the employee experience at work. I mean, what does it say here? Uh, uh, just looking at um, DEI, Investments are expected to fall, not by 20%, but to 20%. So uh, whatever that number is now, it's just basically saying that uh, DEI programs will become performative with a shift towards check the box. Whereas if you would have asked me, you know, July or August of 2020, uh, is DEI an important thing, uh, I would have said, Yes, and every I, I have literally said this, but like when when I would speak with with prospects, uh, a major determining factor if they will work with us is our position on on DEI. Uh, if we had uh, a member of our team that could support uh, DEI issues, but I gotta say, summer it doesn't it doesn't come up as much as it did in those years, and it's not to say that our groups don't care about it. Uh, but it is to say that it isn't a, a qualifying item as much as I had seen in the past. So this whole, you know, situation or condition that we're in right now, the pendulum is is definitely swinging for most employers towards, uh, you know, not even being an, an employer, but being, uh, you know, a, a machine enthusiast or a tech enthusiast. And we've got to figure out what that's going to mean for employees and how we do help employees, but
1: yes, and I'll I'll take another one, Joey. I mean, that was definitely really interesting and surprising to me um in regards to the DEI specifically. Yeah. Um it's it is a huge shift and it's it's a fast one. And it is important that we keep our eyes on these things because you know, if you are an organization who has made that investment in in your DEI efforts, it it would be you know it would be such a shame and and likely a disappointment to your team members if you you know were to fall be one of those companies to fall to that twenty percent. The next one, and we've spoke about this on a prior pod too, is AI and recruiting. Joey.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Right. So no secret that this uh, this one made it on the twenty twenty four predictions in this article, uh, but as you can imagine, artificial intelligence. It is expected to bring uh what's called both magic and mayhem. I love that. Magic and mayhem yep. in talent management and recruiting and I think we're already starting to see some of that occur that you know with the heavy use of the AI tools it it can lead to um miscommunications, um misconnections and and I'm going to use the word mayhem, right? And it's anticipated and that with the increased use of this that you know you're going to see a higher occurrence of things like individuals being hired for roles that they quite simply aren't truly qualified for but they can present to themselves as they do um, and even potentially hiring non-existent candidates whoa. <laughs>
0: insert movie from the 90s that foretold of cyber chaos here I right?
1: mean, it's it's wild i mean we could probably go on and on about like this topic and and expand on it you know but it's it's one thing to hire an actual person who's used to ai to exaggerate their experience and and say the right things to land a job but it's another thing that AI may be used to essentially create fake candidate profiles who then I can only imagine then potentially get hired yeah. and end up on payroll. Yeah. And that's where the mayhem comes in.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've already seen uh kind of just anecdotally, uh, even with some of the groups that we work with, uh the 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 Assumption, or I'll say strong assumption because we, we can't say prove for verification, but strong assumption of AI being used in the process of writing cover letters, of uh, writing resumes, uh, these sorts of things. And I'm waiting for the podcast, the documentary, the expose of some programmer in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, who creates this fake profile who gets all these jobs from, uh, companies. And we're, we're not too far from that because how hard would it be for a, uh, you know, developer to write a script that says, Hey, I want to create an ideal candidate profile for, you know, AWS software engineer, Mm -hmm. uh, go through LinkedIn and, uh, summarize the best resumes of AM, or the best profiles of AWS software engineers, and then compile an ideal, uh, you know, ideal profile, and, and even maybe you know a, uh, a photo or a photorealistic photo, and a, a realistic name and th- other things. So it's very possible we're we're not too far off from that reality. Or not too far off from that becoming a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I like how this says, uh, you know, the the magic and the mayhem, because we've we've already seen this before in other areas. Where, take social media for example, social media these days is less about being social, and it's more about how do I uh, how do I beat the algorithms, or how do I aligned with the algorithms to get my end result. The same thing we saw years ago when applicant tracking systems were new to the market and we were telling, whether it's career coaches, HR pros, whatever, we're telling job seekers, Hey, you need to make sure you can beat the bots with applicant tracking and make sure you have the exact keywords in your resume. So now we're just playing that game at hyperspeed and for every job seeker who's going to cut corners there are going to be recruiters who cut corners and you say well did you do a phone screen no did you verify the resume no did you check sources on the on the application no and it, it truly is going to be uh magic and mayhem uh at a game that's being played at a very very fast speed
1: oh gosh i don't know how to top that joey i mean that that was you know, that that was some great commentary on that. I, I think to round out the 2024 pre- predictions, I'll share just a couple of recommendations, really high level. I think, you know, bringing us back to what we were talking about, uh, the employee experience recession, you know, there's, you know, companies who have kind of abandoned that focused effort to uh, develop their employee experience. And I think, no, we already know that a mature, right? So, a developed employee experience program can certainly drive team member productivity. Uh, can help with your turnover, and overall, it, it just creates a, a fantastic employee experience. And leaders, you know, they're encouraged to invest in AI recruiting and skills intelligence to stay ahead, because. You know, if 2023 was any indicator, I think we're going to head right into 2024 with, um, you know, likely some ups and downs, but the the tech is not going away. So I think to take a look at, you know, some of these as opportunities to stay the course and, uh, you know, just kind of weather whatever storm may be ahead for us.
0: Yeah. And I, I won't add anything else to this because we'll we'll jump to the next topic, but I think this this uh, season of, of work that we're in will, I mean, it's it's a big hypothesis of mm-hmm. who's right. Is it you know focusing on employee experience? Is it uh, leaning all the way into tech, or is it some balance? I think that we are at a level where tech is mature enough now where we can really see what is the ideal mix of talent and technology. And uh, many different employers will come to their own outcomes. So it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting for the groups that we work with, uh, their approach to to all of this. Um, But let's go ahead. We'll we'll jump into our consultants quarter. So if you have a question for us on consultants quarter, you can reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com. The consultants quarter is where we give you the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, life as an HR pro in the trenches, maybe what we're seeing with clients, maybe what we're seeing in the field, what we've seen in our own experience. So we'll give you some real-life practical examples. Uh, this one, I, I don't think this has really been a thing before. Well, I, that's a lie. It, it was a thing before COVID, but it, it's just rolled out even more. Um, someone says, the company has a camera-on policy... So that means that if you're on in a meeting, you've got to have your camera on, but an employee refuses to turn it on saying that it causes anxiety. What is the best way to address this? So with, uh, summer, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not glad to get to the holidays here. We've had two episodes of heavy hitting mm-hmm. topics in consultant's quarter and, uh, I always like to let you go first on these things, so why stop with tradition? You you want to go? Yeah. With this one?
1: Okay, okay, let's do this. Well, I think it's a great question because with so many companies utilizing video calls of far more than what we had seen, you know, even just a couple of years ago, I think this is a larger uh, challenge now than perhaps it has been before, and I'm willing to guess that most companies that do video meetings have encountered this challenge, maybe not necessarily, you know, specifically a team member that has anxiety, but just a team member who maybe doesn't turn their camera on as frequently as the company would like. And so, you know, how do you address it? I think that's the question here. And how do you address it if there's additional complexities involved?
0: Well, uh, I I have a blueprint for for these questions here i always uh like to say we'll start with what's in your what's in your handbook and uh, i know that this says that there's a camera on policy but is it really a, truly a policy or is it, it is a is it a cultural norm uh-huh. there are differences between policies and cultural norms and if someone chooses not to do a cultural norm then that's not against against the rules uh I think that you've got to evaluate and it kind of ties into what we talked about in our last episode, but take a look at, uh, if this person has any uh, medical reasons for, for wanting to take the camera off and that conversation may need to be had either with HR or uh, a manager that they trust. Uh, but also quite frankly, they could be camera off because they're working another job. (laughs) <laughs> and I think we've I think we've kind of seen that before where uh people are being double and triple employed, uh and not like uh main full time job and then part time job, but like part time I mean full time job one, full time job two, full time job three. And uh there could, there could be challenges with their schedule and, and alignment there. Um but but The best way to address it, I think, is always to start with, well, what are we trying to accomplish? Uh, Do we want this person, you know, to understand why we have cameras on? Uh, Are we trying to discipline this person? Are we trying to exit this person? Uh, Start with what your end goal is and then look at the context around your situation and summer's got plenty of other great uh, things to consider <laughs> in this in this environment too. So, what do you what do you think, Summer? What what should, what should, how is the best way to address this?
1: Well, there isn't just one, but we like to share uh, kind of tips and tricks for you know how we handle most situations. And I, I think you started us off really solid with what you know what do our policies say is. Uh, is required. So some companies do have a camera on policy. And in essence, those policies say, you know, if you are joining a meeting virtually, you are to have your camera on. Of course, there are exceptions for, um, you know, the occasional camera off. Um, And I, I think by and large, you know, team members understand that's the expectation, right? Like, cameras to be on for a multitude of reasons but if you're not feeling well or maybe you know uh, it, it just you need a break like that's okay but that's not the norm so I think from an organization you first have to make the decision as to whether you are going to have a policy and whether you're going to enforce the policy and what you've done in the past right because we We think about policies and how important it is to administer them fairly. So it's like, okay, we're going to crack down on this one team member, then you have to be prepared to do the same. And my, my test for that, Joey, when I'm talking to managers about it is, okay, this was your highest performing team member, would you hold them to the same requirement? And sometimes they pause, (laughs) right. And really asking like, well, how far do you want to push this? Right. Because if it's, you know, truly a situation where like it just gives somebody anxiety, like they, they, you know, cannot focus. Like it really does impact them in a, in a, in a way that is not productive then we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to push the employee um, to a place where they may be unhappy working here? So I always ask, how's their performance? Are they a high performer? Or are they otherwise getting their job done? And if the answer is yes, it's like, okay, so like, can we continue working this way into the future? And just start to dialogue and have those conversations and Sometimes it takes a little bit of a different direction. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, let's talk to the team member and help them understand why it's important to uh, us to have cameras on so that they can understand where we're coming from and try to meet in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, you bring up some great points. And as you're talking, I'm reminded of of something else uh, that was a reason, a big reason in the past why, in the recent past, why people would have their cameras off and that is because they were they were truly the primary caregiver of of a child or children in their house and so they didn't want to tip off their boss that that was the case Uh, because obviously if you have camera off and you have your mute button on then world war three could be happening in your your house with, with your kiddos or animals or what have you uh and so that's another aspect to to uh you know have a conversation about with your team member to say you know is it a is it an issue or a concern of um providing care to a uh a, to a dependent while you're while you're on the clock and if so you know what does the policy say about that and what sort of support can you have with Mm -hmm. giving that employee time to to change course um the other the other piece too of why someone might have their camera off. somewhere is maybe they maybe they think their camera sucks or maybe their camera is broken and they may need a repair of some sort so i i always think um asking the question why they don't have their camera on uh, is a good start to, uh, some people may have, uh, may not like, may not like looking at themselves and, uh, so they don't want the camera on and and seeing themselves, but you gotta, you gotta have the conversation. You gotta have it as, as mature adults and, you know, get a plan together of how you can tackle this
1: yes i think some some parting thoughts on that joey from me is really helping the team member understand the why uh, because i think sometimes we move so quickly that you know we're quick to quote a policy and want to enforce without truly helping the team member understand like well like, why is this important and And when I think about cameras and having them on, in absence of having in-person work, it is the way that we connect on a deeper level, that we build relationships on a different level. And we know that that is crucial to our success um, and what we can accomplish in a remote environment. So while I definitely think that there needs to be space created for those instances where team members absolutely uh, can have their cameras off the the norm of having them on uh is is something that i think is reasonable but if you have team members who have certain needs or requests to entertain those and try to find a middle ground so that ideally in the end um, Team members will be happy. Managers, teammates will be happy, and that's really the end goal in these situations.
0: Some of the end goals, productivity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in all, in all, in all seriousness, right? To balance the whole spectrum of people and productivity and all of that, uh, I do know that, you know, building trust and confidence in your team goes a long way and getting those cameras on and then also getting productivity uh, goals reached. So um, as much as it's about, you know, we has got a policy for this, think about, have I built the trust with the colleague to, uh, get them to have it. So i think this is a good place for us to land uh and i think this is our last episode for the year officially uh next time you'll hear from us will be a episode for 2024 so thank you again for another great year i think we uh charted in several countries and uh, it's always fun but uh tell your friends about this uh, episode and this podcast in 2024 and we'll see you later until next time have a great day.
1: Thanks, everyone.